Well, there it is by request. Buck Buckley and the Kick Butt Boys. It is called You Better Not Try Trucking with Us, Al Qaeda. Mm-hmm. That is a nice tune. And you know, we got a lot more country songs that sound pretty much just like that coming right up. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Clean. You're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. It's love and time. Okay, let's get the ugly part of this podcast over with first. Ken Osmond played the part of Eddie Haskell. Good afternoon, Mrs. Cleaver. Good afternoon. 76 years old, gone. Jerry Stiller, father of Ben Stiller. Where's your friend Kramer? I don't know why. Because I'm looking for him, that's why. He stopped short. What do you mean? In the car with my wife, he stopped short. You think I don't know what that's about? That's my old move. I used it on a stealth 40 years ago. I told everybody about it. Everybody knows Mm, I stopped short. <laughs> Part of Stiller and Mira, the husband and wife comedy team, dead at the age of 92. This is one of my favorite bits. I hate you. <laughs> you hate me? I hate you. <laughs> you don't know what hate is, the kind of hate I have for you. My hate for you is such a hate, such a hot hate. I hate you with hot heaping hunks of hate. The heat of your hot hate could not begin to approximate the hateful hatredness with which I'm hatefully hating you right now. Want to know something? If it was possible to write the word hate, on each grain of sand in the Sahara Desert, all that hates on each of those hateful grains would equal one one millionth of the hates that I'm hating you with right now. You know how much you hate me? Yeah. Double it. That's my hate for you. Millie Small. This was her big hit from 1964, My Boy Lollipop. At the age of 73. Fred Willard. She has really given him a thorough going over. Are all judges that thorough? I mean, yes, she looks yes. at the teeth. It's very important that all the attributes are examined. Uh, teeth, eyes, Runs, ears, ouch. gums. Am I seeing right? Where's she putting her hands now? Well, she's just checking out the dog's... Uh, Testicular area oh. to make sure <laughs> to make sure that uh, that everything is intact. Hate to go out on a date with Judge uh, Edie Franklin, have her judge me. That'd be no fun. Eighty-six years old, gone. Oh. Ian Whitcomb. This was his hit, 1966. You turn me on. Gone. George. A pioneer for women in sports broadcasting. 
she blazed a trail as an analyst on the NFL Today beginning in 1975, becoming one of the first women to have a prominent national role in sports television. At 70. What's going on? These people are checking out faster than teenagers at the City Center Motel. It happens every day, Pat. I hate to tell you. I guess you're right. But 66 years old, Betty Betty Wright. Wright, not white. Can I use Betty Wright in a sentence for you? Yes, I think you can. It seems pretty easy. I don't think you can mess it up. He don't talk. (laughs) He don't... He don't text, but Betty Wright. <laughs> I know, it's pretty You did wired. mess it up. You did mess it up. Yeah, I guess I did. I think there's an easier one. But everybody on Twitter has been flipping out because everybody thinks it's a typo, and they think it's Betty White that has oh. shuffled off this morning. And she has it. Betty White, as of this podcast recording right now, is fine. This is Betty Wright, the American songwriter, who right. had such great music. And I don't know that people even know who her, who she is. Well, they she know had, her songs. Yeah, she had this hit, but uh, did she have a lot of hits? I don't think so. Well, she is the one who came up with the um, phrase, no pain, no gain. She yeah, had a yeah, song yeah. called No Pain, and that was where that phrase came from. Really? Yeah. That, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. No pain, no pain, no pain, no pain, no gain. was um, uh, she was the first uh, this was the first time an African-American female singer went gold on her own record label she recorded uh, Mother Wit W-I-T really? this was back in the 80s and she launched her own independent label and that just wasn't done Pat that was not done that just was not done back then so yeah even little Richard didn't do that exactly so yeah, and the fact that she was only 66 years old. But yeah, she did Clean Up Woman. She was only 18 when that song was released. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to me yeah. that she died and she's only 30 years older than me. Yeah. Uh, that, that's weird. Yeah. She's only 34 years older than you? Yeah. 30. Are you doing your math right? 30 years. 30 you, years older than me. Are you doing your math right? I think so. Okay. I think I'm 36. Okay. Isn't that 30 plus? And you're 36? older than me, so... Yeah. So that makes you, what, 24? Something like that? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) As long as I'm old enough to go buy liquor. I don't care how old I is. Hey, um, I don't want to embarrass you, and and I can cut this out of the podcast if you wish, but 
you have been very successful yes in uh, in your uh, in, in attempted weight loss can i talk about yeah, that yeah of course i told you here's what i told you back in march we already recorded in back in march this was 2 months ago yeah and i yeah. told you i said all right you know i've stopped and started things and i'm just i'm tired of it so i did, my doctor told me to start weight watchers and you said to me well good for you lise how long you been on it i go i've been on it about an hour and i already hate it <laughs> <laughs> and I hated it. I hated it yeah, for an hour, but I but I stuck <laughs> with it. And and as it, the nice thing about it is very flexible, meaning it's not. And that's what I need in my life. I can't have rigid crap in my life. I don't, as you know, I don't do well with rules yeah. and rigid stuff. And I just don't. I need a little wiggle room. I need to have some yeah. slack cut for me once in a while. And that's what this yeah, diet yeah, yeah. did. So since then, I've been in. Um, I've not been traveling for work. I've been home for two months now cooking doesn't that make it easier yes it's so easy yeah. because i'm telling you late at night when i'm tired and i'm i've come back from teaching and i still have emails to write it's like ooh, room service <gasps> somebody can make me <laughs> some french fries that's mm. handy with extra yeah. ranch dressing and boom magically it appears at your door there's no yeah. effort that goes into it whatsoever so it's been this has been a blessing to be home with the um the quarantine and and cooking and and stay sticking with it i've lost i did my way in today last time i talked to you i had done a weigh in a week ago i've lost almost uh 24 pounds 24 pounds holy oh my god lisa but here's the deal Honey, that's fantastic. On a girl like me, though, it's not super noticeable yet. But I've had people see me who haven't seen me in a while go, oh, my gosh, you're looking pretty good. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. feeling pretty good. Here's the deal. I refuse to buy a bigger bra. Me too. I've been strapping these in. in, And it's <laughs> been. And the, every day they're like, oh, God, can you just let us go, please? And now. And so I at the end of the night. They would fly out. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, we've got some room in here. This is kind of nice. <laughs> and I could, and we can breathe. Yeah, it's just, it's, it feels good. Thank you for hey, saying that. you know that. what? It feels good. I, I don't mean to be patronizing, but that is awesome. No, you're not. I appreciate really that. Um, my Gee dogs, whiz, my dogs a... don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. We like. If I lost 24 pounds. Well, I, I would look emaciated. I, I, I only want to lose about 10. Yeah. You should try the Weight geez, Watchers. 20, 24. Eh. No, it's know. really... I think I can do it myself. Well, see, there you go. There's there's the killer right there. Everybody says that about really? everything. Oh, you know what? I, I'm i not going to pay a plumber. I think I can do it myself. And then where does that get you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I, I know. Yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah. It's 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 good. It's not perfect, but um, I just yeah. read an article about the woman who invented Weight Watchers. Oh, uh, there's a there's a book out about really, and uh, yeah, and she was considered kind of a kook uh, in her time, but uh, and and she made she just invented the whole thing herself, and she she did it, and she wrote a book about it, and she put a plan together, and yeah. it worked. For her and for well, other people. it's undergone some transformations over the year, and then Oprah got a hold of it, and it's a whole different... Um, I know yeah. I was talking to Patty, your wife, yesterday about it, and it's a it's a different um, program now 
than it was. You've got three. You can do the blue plan, the green plan, or the purple plan, depending on what your goals are. Um, and you just, it's, it's just very easy. And I'm, I'm loving kind of cooking. I hated, I used to hate to cook, but food's really good when it doesn't come out of a box. I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. For, I hated no, vegetables. Remember I used to joke with you, like I had, I had a vegetable this week. I'm good. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I've, I actually have a desire for vegetables. If they're, if they're made well and mm. right and yeah, I'm pretty feeling pretty good despite everything going on. My mom, that's good. My mom, uh, she grew up hating salads and, and vegetables yeah. of all kinds. So as a result, she never fed that to, to Lucky us you. boys ever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so I think we grew up that way and not eating well. And And I've told you before, she used to tell me, she would fix uh, steaks and things like that. And she'd say, you've got to eat the fat. Eat the fat. The fat is good for you. And I couldn't, I couldn't choke yeah. it down. And so I would fake, fake my way through it, and then I would slip it out of my mouth, put it in my hand. I'd say, excuse me, I gotta go to the bathroom, Mom. And I'd go out and dump it. Yeah. I couldn't. Steak fat's kind of gross. I don't know that. kind of gross. I don't know if that was just her or that was the prevailing uh, opinion of the time. But yeah, you gotta eat your fat. The only fat that's really meat fat that I think is good is the skin, like chicken skin and turkey skin. (laughs) My mom said once, I wish they would make a turkey completely out of skin. There does not need to be any meat in it. Just give me a whole turkey made of skin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? it's so crispy and delicious. Well, it is And that delicious. is one thing no I'm doing is I, you know, most of these recipes in, and here's the thing too, is you get free food. Like you can have as many bananas and hard boiled eggs a day as you want. The idea being you're not going to like eat eight bananas and 12 hard boiled eggs. They don't think you're going to, because it'll fill you up. So you get zero point foods to sort of supplement what's going on during the day. But I am eating chicken with, with skin on it and because I like it. So, mm. but you're not supposed to, but I'm still losing yeah. weight. So there you go. Yeah. What's working for yep. you is, yeah. that's yeah, all that matters. Anyway. Yeah. I, I had a friend that lost an enormous amount of weight. And he, all he said, all I eat every day is a piece of chicken. It's about the size of my fist. I eat it two times a day. And uh, and that's all I eat. And, and some vegetables. And he lost a lot of weight. So well, he's not exactly starving to death. But that seems to me it's to be very restrictive and boring. What I really love, what I yeah, love is, is that yeah. if you feel like, you know, damn it, I'm going to have, I'm, I'm having hamburger helper tonight you can blow all your points on a bowl of hamburger helper if you feel like it or you can blow all your points on a whole bottle of wine if you feel like which i which i've done yeah yeah (laughs) don't don't they uh say that uh things like uh um uh, i can't remember what i was gonna say but uh, but you can you can eat uh, mm-hmm. crazily mm-hmm. one night and then if you make up yeah. for it the next yeah. day and it's they okay. also say too that if you do a 
16-hour fast, like if you finish dinner at 7 the night before and you don't eat till lunch the next yeah. day, you're not really supposed to have breakfast. Mm-hmm. I know you and Patty, when I was staying with you guys, I was that's the one thing I've cut out. I don't eat breakfast. I don't even eat till like 1 in the afternoon now. Now, isn't, isn't it that counterintuitive? Because they say that you should eat breakfast because you'll burn it up during the day. It's, it's the late dinner that no, you should No, it's not the have. amount of time you go between meals. It's not, it doesn't matter what time it is. It's like ah. if you, you've got to oh. let your body um, eat itself <laughs> for lack of. Or lack exactly. of a better term. Yeah. You can't and that's why they say snacking is stupid. And because you're never giving your body a chance to be hungry and your insulin your uh, sugar levels are all, all always super high. You gotta you gotta m- m- monitor all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now on your diet right now, you cannot yes, eat you can. bread. You are you not can? familiar with the Oprah Winfrey commercial that says I love Brett. She, she says Brett instead of bread. Uh, yeah, we've actually had it on the podcast several times. This is the joy for me. I love bread. I love bread. Oh, do you now? Oh, oh, what a dork. I love this parody. This is the joy for me. I love bread. I love bread. I love bread. I love bread. I now just manage it so. I don't deny myself bread. I eat bread every day. I love bread on Monday. I love bread on Tuesday. I love bread on Wednesday. I love bread on Thursday. I love bread on Friday. I love bread over the weekend. There's only two points. You get bread and you get bread. Everyone gets bread. I love bread. I love bread. <laughs> I love. I love bread. I love, I love bread. She. Yeah. She. She declares it like I declare war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, you well, can I'm... have bread. That's my point. Is is Weight Watchers is trying? But if you want to feel full, you're going to be doing vegetables and chicken and all that stuff. But if you want to eat a loaf of yeah, bread and that's yeah, it yeah. for the day, go for it. What What yes, about spaghetti? But not you can? on an entire pot every night. You can. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is I fantastic news. I told you. And it was my wellness doctor who said, because I was very frustrated. I said, it is hard to lose weight after menopause. I don't know what that is. And she goes, yeah, it is. It is tough. She goes, well, you know what? Try Weight Watchers. I have a friend who said it works. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to. And I did. And then there you go. So two months later, I'm uh, doing pretty good. Pretty good. I have a friend that is, uh, and, and you know this person, he is uh, just a beautiful human, and he, mm-hmm. but he's autistic. And he um, he uh, he weighs probably yeah. Th- yeah. over three hundred pounds right now, and he decided he was going to lose weight. And I I said to him one day, um, "Are you trying to lose weight?" And he said, <laughs> "Yes, but it's so hard." <laughs> it's so, that's exciting. And I said, "I know it's hard, but you need to mm-hmm. lose weight, buddy, because he yeah. he's diabetic and all of that." And so and so he. Uh, he decided on his own to take a product called Dexatrim. Oh, gosh. Are you familiar I'm with familiar that? I'm familiar with every diet pill can. You remember AIDS, yeah. the diet 
the diet candy called AIDS. Yes. Unfortunately. The, unfor- <laughs> the unfortunately named AIDS, which yep. came out about the same time yes, that the exactly. disease Yeah, Dexatrim is yeah. not, that's bad for you. That gives you the shakes and it's all it is. All well, it is it gives is, you... is speed. You're just, you're swallowing, it's like swallowing cocaine all day long. Well, this, this guy, uh, he, um, what I love about him is he is absolutely uh, probably a product of his autism. He cannot tell a lie and he cannot be anything mm-hmm. but frank all the time. So he comes on a guy's uh, radio broadcast. It wasn't one of mine, but it was another guy's broadcast. And they had expected him to be on the air. And he's late. He's late by an hour. And they say, Rick, I won't say his name. <laughs> Why, where are you? Uh, why weren't you here an hour ago? And he said, I could not. I had to go to the bathroom. And and then he, he uh, cops to ha- <laughs> having uh, such severe uh, mm. diarrhea that he could not get on the bus mm-hmm. and come downtown. And and then it turned out he was taking Dexatrim in, a, in an aborted mm-hmm. weight loss effort and he was uh but he talked about it on the air and he talked he also talked about how much uh, toilet paper he went through there was, uh, was a, uh, a new but... diet product that came out when we were on the air at como and <laughs> como, como radio. radio it was called what, what, it what? was called Dial- it was oh called, 1000 yeah 1000 it was called alley and oh yeah, it said I remember that. one of the un- remember the and we <laughs> one of the unfortunate side effects of this it was supposed to gather all the fat like you could eat a whole cheesecake and you take this alley yeah. pill or powder I forget what it was and it yeah and it I like gathers that. up yeah. all the the fat and the the problem with that was your body would be like oh dear lord um, and they. Uh, they said that it oily yeah, discharge it was, like a, it was, was like the a, side effect. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, Olestra. Olestra. Yeah, that's what Remember it was. That? And Allie, and they would call Potato them Allie chips. oops yeah. if you pooped in your pants accidentally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This pain was so sharp and of such a magnitude that I would say it was almost like the beginning of a labor the the very onset of labor feels very much like that a very sharp gas type pain and that's what i was having and i and i did have those for hours people people are trying anything they can and instead of just eating well which is what you're doing you emotional eat i have friends right now uh, during this lockdown staying at home that are eating out of sheer boredom they're like Okay, I think I'm just going to have a pie because yeah. I have nothing to do. What? <laughs> so you eat for all I know, sorts I, of reasons. I think you're one of the yeah. I think you're one of the few people that is actually losing weight. Yeah, I know. This pandemic. I, I know. You, I've talked yeah, to a lot of yeah. people going. They're just eating out of boredom, and and so I feel pretty good. I feel yeah. really good. Yeah, you we're should. We're going to get out of this, and we're going to all get out of this and walk around, and I'm going to be the best looking person out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be very a very marketable commodity. Good for you. So, you know, we were talking about Betty Wright, yes. who just passed, and then before that, uh, Little Richard, and 
a few weeks earlier, uh, it was um, uh, yeah. uh, Bill Withers. Yeah. Bill Withers. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. And it reminded me, and I don't know if you remember this, but I used to have a Bill Withers Ain't No Sunshine contest. Yeah, yeah we talked on about the radio. that on the podcast. Yeah, where you had Did to we? actually match up and shut the, you'd shut the sound down. <laughs> I don't think I actually oh, yeah, demonstrated demonstrate it, though. Yes, okay, so here is the song. It comes about midway Wait, in the go song. back and, and describe it again and, in case somebody's just picking up this episode. Okay, there's a little little bit of a scat that he does in the maybe two-thirds of the way through the song. Beautiful song. Ain't No Sunshine My When favorite, You're Gone. My favorite, favorite Bill Withers uh, song. Yeah, it really it, is. It's a beautiful song. But, but there's this one little scat session that he does right here. And I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, so the idea of the contest was that a listener would call in and if they, they could win a prize, if they could do that scat. Um, and, and match so, it up perfectly I, I, by the time... By the and time match it you up. Per- pull, you, yes, you, you turned the volume back up, so you would turn the volume down, and they'd have to continue singing, and then yes, they, and you. then when it got back to this part. If they matched up, exactly. they won a prize, which was a lame prize. We'd give them like I don't know a, a yeah, air. It would be like a pack of gum or something. Something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> But that was, was the idea funny. of the contest. <laughs> it's hard, so too. It, it's it really would, hard. It, it, it was hard, but I, I, I... Okay, okay, good luck. And I know, 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 I Nailed it. Nailed it. Because uh, you invented so the game. Of course was, you're going to nail it. Well, I know. Plus, I edit <laughs> it right now so yeah, that I do so. win. But but it wasn't. It was fun. It was a goofy contest. But, man, people yeah. got into it. And uh, I, I don't know what they do on the radio I don't anymore. Think, I don't but, even think radio is uh, around anymore, Pat. I think after um, we got fired, they just... They closed radio. They gave it up. They gave it up. Yeah. One thing I think they should have given up was contests where you had to come up with an answer. Because this, when we were on radio, it was before Google and Bing and all of that. So if you threw a question out there, people had to come up with it to win. Now, now Google makes it uh, a contest pointless. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, yeah, I wanted yeah, to ask you, we so. haven't caught up on this in a while, um, what you're reading and what I'm reading. Um, I am reading, have, did you ever, I'm sure you did, you're such a great reader and you read really good good stuff and you've given me books that I would have never even thought I would have liked. But I decided to go back and read The Godfather by Mario Puzo. Hmm. It, have you read wow. the book? Oh. 
it's a really well written. And you know, that no. was his first novel. He's like, I'm going to go write a book. And because he, <laughs> he was he was poor and, he, and his kids were starving. And he just said, this is I've had it. I'm going to go write a book. And he went and wrote The Godfather. And then, uh, huh. yeah, and then he and Francis Coppola, it, this, I'm reading, this is like the 50th anniversary of the Godfather um, book or some. The 50th. 50th. Yes. Yeah, I guess insane? it would be. Yeah. And so the book I ordered has an actual foreword written by Francis Ford Coppola, which is really fascinating to read about how they um, collaborated on the screenplay. And um, yeah, it's just fantastic. It's. It's a very well-written book. It's sometimes those books can be a little convoluted and hard to follow. Like I tried to read the Game of Thrones books, Fire and Ice. And I'm like, I can't keep up with this. I just can't deal with it. So I, I gave up. But this is a really well-written book. I'm about halfway through. And now I'm excited to go back and watch the movies again. Um, those movies so great. are so great. Phenomenal. Uh, uh, and, and as they say, Godfather the Two best, yeah, is probably absolutely. the best, and it jumped the shark uh, on Godfather Three. The... <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, but I still like right. that one. Too. I remember going and seeing that when it opened yeah. on Christmas Day, but it was a little bit. But anyway, so so if you get a chance, go read it. Um, what are you reading? Okay. Well, see, uh, well, I'm not big into uh, fiction, and I oh, don't know man. why. Oh, man, fiction's no, awesome. In my car, I will listen to mm. Stephen King and stuff like that. I, I like that. But it, when I sit down to read, it's almost always nonfiction. And uh, I'm rereading The Fifth Risk, which I think I sent you, by Michael Lewis. I don't know if you did. Um, what is that about? I think... Uh, well, I guess you didn't read it. Uh, I, oh. I did send it to you. It's probably it was... in my book pile. I have, as yeah. you know, I always, I have a big book pile by my bed. That makes me feel rich. Um, if I'm down to like two or three books in my book pile, I start to panic. I'm like, I got to go get some more books. Yeah. So it's probably in my book pile. I'm so, I, and I have like four or five oh, books yeah, I'm yeah. reading simultaneously. I remember this book. But, yeah, I see it now. But this, yeah, this one, um, he basically talks, and he defends government. Uh, it, the fundamental part of the book is that uh, the the people in government. The, I mean, we, uh, you know, it's very popular to say government sucks, man, and they're all, they're, yeah, they're they're just that's what's the problem with the country. He makes the argument, and and convincingly so, that we, uh, you know. Uh, that's who's seeking a cure for cancer. That's who's, that is who is uh, making seatbelts mandatory in cars mm -hmm. and airbags. Government does that. There's no profit incentive for private people mm -hmm. to do this. And so it's government that's doing it. And they don't get any mm. credit for it. They don't, they, there's no publicity. They don't have promotional campaigns and, and uh, they don't get, they don't throw big parties for them to say, right? hey, that's you did point. this good, good for you. I just think it, it it's an interesting book, especially as we came into the uh, Trump presidency, where everything was uh, anti-government and continues to be. And and indeed, these people are the heroes and are keeping things afloat in this country. But they do it not for profit because they're not mm -hmm. making any money. 
doing this these jobs. They love it mm-hmm. and they love their country. And I just thought it was a fantastic book, and it's not very long. It's a quick read. And uh, one of the things I thought was interesting is that 40% of the power in this country comes from the Columbia River. What? In the whole country. 40% of the 12 dams or whatever they are on the Columbia wow. River. Uh, uh, the Bonneville Power. Yeah. it's it's And, and so he spent some time talking about that as well. Spent some time talking yeah. about Hanford. It's a great book. I, I would recommend it to anybody. It's called The Fifth By Michael Risk. Lewis. I um yeah, I have it in my pile. I think I'll pull that out. I, I think part of me I know I know why I didn't start reading it. I was overwhelmed with um uh, information regarding the Trump administration and I just I had to yeah, back off of consuming any news and any content about that. So but I but I feel I, like I get that. I, I would not I would not call it an anti-Trump book. I just think it's very yeah. in, in yeah. Uh, wonderful information uh, about uh, how th- government yeah. really works, and and uh, and it's not. Uh, I, I I never thought it was biased. I just thought it was very very interesting. He's written books called The Blind Side and Moneyball and and, and uh, a, a number of others. So he's a, he's a great nice. American writer. He really is. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. All right, that's, all, I that's got. all you got. Okay, let me tell you. Let let me ask you this, as we continue stumbling our way along here. Did you no. ever? Um, were you? How do I put this? Uh, were Were you a bedwetter? Like recently? No, no, not not re- as a kid. Uh, yeah. I was, and I will be honest with you. I can't believe I'm telling you this. I actually wet the bed once as an adult, and I'm going to tell you why that happened. <laughs> well, everybody has done I'm that. I'm going to tell you why that happened. Um, but I was not a chronic bedwetter, if that's what you mean. But yeah, I um, I wasn't a chronic bedwetter. Uh, <laughs> well, I've got. I remember Michael Landon did a movie about that. It was based on his own experience as a kid, and his dad would take his wet sheets and put them out on the balcony oh, over their house to embarrass him and show the neighborhood that his kid was it, it's a horrible story and it obviously affected his life but my brother sean i had two brothers that were bedwetters to a limited degree and my brother um one brother probably wet the bed until he was 12 or 13 years old and God, you know, who? why do you want to shame somebody for that? They obviously aren't doing it on purpose. But but my my brother used to wet the bed all the time. So my dad came up with this idea that he would take, he took a alarm clock that, you know, would turn on uh, a radio, the radio at 7 a.m. or whatever you set it at. And, and that would wake you up. So he re- configured this thing so that it would generate a tape recorder and I have to admit I was part of this conspiracy and I recorded this thing where I would say and my brother's name was Sean I'd say (laughs) Sean Sean wake up my dad was convinced that if you could wake Sean up a couple times a night he would get up and Mm -hmm. he'd he'd pee and, Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't do it the bed 
So I, 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 my recording would be like, Sean, wake up, time to get up, time to go to the bathroom. And then I would get louder and louder. Sean, Sean, wake up, Sean. And it would get louder and louder. The idea that, that Sean would wake up, he'd hear this and off he'd go to the, uh, to the commode and then he wouldn't wet the well, bed. That did it work? Oh. <laughs> no, it never worked. Sean slept right through it. That's funny. <laughs> and it was such a lame effort. And but I, I, I just always felt so bad about it because um, you know, he would be he was ashamed of it and, and felt bad about it and it it just yeah. wasn't fair at all. He did. It wasn't anything he decided yeah. he was going to do to prove a point, and I I just wondered if that was anything that happened in, in no, your life. No, I <clears throat> um, I uh, I don't I God, don't yeah I don't remember makes, that even being an issue. I mean maybe because I didn't do it very often. But my problem now is you can't if you're dreaming about bathrooms, you need to wake the hell up because <laughs> if you're dreaming. That you're in the bathroom. I do this all the time. I'm like, I'm in the bathroom. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I ha have to wake myself up because otherwise you're like thinking you're actually in the bathroom and that's when you pee the bed. Maybe that's it. He was just having bathroom dreams. Could be. But I had a I had an issue when I, I was um, 18 years old was the last Man, time I, I went to I can't believe bed. how revealing you are. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened. I remember this specifically. I had a nightmare, and what happened was I had been binging on um, scary movies for about a week. Um, I had watched uh, Frankenstein, and that was the year in 1979 Alien yeah, came out, and I had yeah. gone to the movie theater with my boyfriend and watched Alien, which was one of the scariest movies I had ever seen. It was unique, nothing like it had ever come out before, and the face hugger thing... If you remember that, yeah. actually, that was yeah. the most freaking, I was yeah. so scared. That movie scared me. And I can't remember what other thing I had binged on that week, but they all collided in my dream. And all I remember is that Frankenstein was chasing me and I couldn't run because I had those face hugger <laughs> things on my feet, on my feet. I still remember to this day and I'm trying to run and I'm trying to run and the Frankenstein, the monster caught me and I peed the bed. That's what happened. I was so scared I peed the bed. What was the movie that uh uh where the little girl was um uh, she she uh, spouted pea soup out of her mouth. The Exorcist. Yes. Exorcist. Exorcist. <laughs> that was the movie that scared me the most of any that, movie. That I... might have been something else I had seen uh, again. Oh my god. Because The Exorcist came out in seven, early 70s, so Yeah. But, but I think I, that's right. Yeah, but I can't remember. I but they had a couple of other um sequels to that. The Exorcist 2 came out in 77. So it might have oh. been, yeah, those kind of movies that we didn't see anything like that. What's so no, fascinating it was awful. That, but what's so fascinating about The Exorcist is people were actually 
um, fainting and throwing up in the theater. It was that. <laughs> it was. I know. If you ever get a chance to watch the documentary about the the Exorcist and the phenom the, the what kind of a phenomenon it was back in the early seventies, nothing like this had ever been seen. They were banning it. Um, they it was people were fainting. They're crying. There's lines around the block. People couldn't even get through the first quarter of the movie. Oh. And now you watch it, and it's still got a little. It's still pretty good. I, you know but, what? I've never seen it um, again. I'm a little desensitized w- to it. It, it just, <gasps> it scared, it scared you me so to. bad. You have I remember to. I couldn't. I slept, uh, and I mean, I'm. I, I don't know how old I was, but I couldn't sleep. I, I went. I, yeah. I, I, You're so, probably a teenager. Yeah, back I just then. scared the devil out of me. I just uh, 1973, literally 1973. Okay, I would have been seven years old. Out. And no seven-year-old should be watching that movie, for crying out loud. No kidding. I was really scared. Um, Yeah. Okay, one more story. I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about here. No, nothing. Okay, uh, uh, here's my opinion uh, that I think, this is such a random, dumb idea, but... I think one of the greatest inventions ever was the guy that invented the zipper. Yeah. No, you're right. Think that about is pretty... that. Who uh-huh, thought uh-huh. of that? It, you look at a zipper and you think, who thought of this? Yeah. This is crazy. Why does it work? Mm-hmm. And it's so brilliant. And, it, yes. and generally it works pretty well. Sometimes they screw up. I Granted, but... Like, yeah, God. you get just one of those little tefers out of whack, <laughs> and yeah. man, that screws up the whole operation. Yeah. You gotta take your wire pliers and straighten it back out, or a thread gets caught in it, or your your skin gets caught in it. That's why you need to wear underwear. <laughs> and I know if I know I know. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> that's ba- one reason to wear underwear. <laughs> I know it, it's really bad for a guy. <clears throat> yeah, uh, if you oh my gosh, those are teeth. Those yes, teeth. metal but, teeth. But or what a what a case. brilliant invention, and I can't believe anybody thought of it. And I, I know this is not. A prof- well, who invented it? It's not profound. I'm sure we could find it on. Uh, oh, I'll find. I thought you knew, so let yeah, me do that. No, right I now. don't. I don't. I meant Super to look in- it up. Inventor. The inv- and th- that guy should have got. It was invented got- in Canada, by the way. It so was. Yeah. You already mm-hmm. found that out. Wow. Yeah, I'm fast. I'm oh, quick, fast. You, you are quick. No, I. I just think. Um, why did. Uh, you know, why did Rush Limbaugh get a freedom medal? And and the person who invented the zipper is way more, <laughs> way more important in our everyday life than just about anybody. The zipper was a great, great invention, and I, and I can't believe somebody thought of it. How they think of it? It used to be known as the clasp locker, is what it was uh, former formerly known as. To oh, got oh. um. Um, yeah, so uh, the guy who invented it was from Chicago. And, oh, yeah? Uh, uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, so actually it was invented back in 1851. Uh, Elias Howe actually got a pe- patent for it. It was called the Automatic Continuous Clothing Closure. Really? <laughs> yeah, Can't and he bl- didn't try to market it. He was like, yeah, this is cool, but I'm not going to try to market it. You're and kidding me. He didn't no, market no. that? Oh, no. Man. So He's the sewing machine and guy. And it was actually... <clears throat> 
it was more like a they say an elaborate drawstring than an actually actual slide fastener. So then about forty years later, Whitcomb Judson came along and oh, I remember in him. 18, <laughs> what a guy. In 1891, he invented the, um, he, he invented the, it was called the class blocker then. So, hmm. and apparently that debuted at the 1893 Chicago's World Fair. And people were like, we don't, we don't get it. We're not, we don't understand this. No, wow. Very little commercial success. You know what else debuted <clears throat> at the World's Fair in Chicago that year? What? The Ferris wheel. Really? Yeah. Are you lying to me? No, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm gonna, you know what? I can look that up. You know. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. I'm, I'm, I'm right. That's where. Okay, that's where it whatever. started. It's a great story. So uh, a writer so, from Seattle, Eric Larson, wrote a book about it called the. Uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's fantastic. That's one you should read. Okay, I will. So zippers really didn't sort of kind of catch on for clothing until around the 1920s. So, oh. but they used them in the early years. They weren't really for for clothes or pants. They were for boots and tobacco pouches. And then they started putting them on clothing around the 1920s. But you're right. It's really it is a um an amazing little how those little tefers interlock together yeah it's brilliant and it's just brilliant yeah. the pisser is when you're wearing something like you zip like let's say you have a hoodie or something and you zip it up and then the bottom part uh, undoes itself and it separates and you've got so you've got the zipper that <laughs> you know what i'm talking yes, about yes i do so the top part you've got to try to line it up <laughs> I know it's not perfect, yeah. but it's yeah. pretty brilliant. Uh, yeah, but uh, okay. So, so uh, don't ask me why the zipper came up in this podcast, but it is a peculiar podcast after all. Yeah. Okay. Here and the zipper and the zipper is the name of one of the worst carnival rides ever. That if you get on the zipper, uh, you will throw up. Just so you know. It's a given. I don't care how strong your stomach is. You get on the zipper. Oh, my God. Not only do the little cars swing around, they spin around on their own little axle. <coughs> See, I'm already throwing up just thinking about you it. You and your cigars. Yeah. I, I, I don't like carnival rides. Uh, I hate them. Sadly, so, so many much. so many uh, state fairs are, are being canceled. The, yeah. the Evergreen Fair in Monroe is, is gone. and. I know. Oh, let's don't even go there. Okay, here's our joke of the day. Okay. All right. You're going to like this one. Uh, this is one of my favorite jokes. This is an old, old joke. Okay. Number... Well, what's taking... Hold on. What's taking you so long to tell me it, then? I don't... <laughs> I've known you for about 40 years. I know. I know. <laughs> Why now? I don't know. Seem seemed like the right time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Number f 23, yells a man from the bar at a nightclub. It was followed by a roar of laughter from the crowd around the room. A newcomer said, what was so funny about him saying number 23? He said, well, it's like this, see. Uh, we've been together for years, and we know each other's jokes. So a while back, we decided, let's compile a numbered list of our favorite jokes. So all you have to do is mention the number, 
and everybody can recall the story and they laugh. Oh, newcomer said, well, well, that's great. Uh, let me see the list and let me try one out. Okay, here's the list. He looks at it, spotted the funniest joke, and he shouted out, Number 11! Nobody laughs. Nothing. Silence. He tried again. Number 11! <laughs> the audience continued. In silence. Hmm. Deathly silence. And he says to the old timer, uh, I gotta ask you, why did they laugh at number 23 and they didn't laugh at all at 11? He said to the old timer. And the old timer said, Well, I, I guess some people can tell a joke and some people can't. <laughs> okay, that was cute. <laughs> That's all right. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.